thanks for listening to this episode of Hold Up the Book. Today I'd like to talk to you about a way to help a whole congregation of God's people hold up the book and to increase the level of love for the Word as much as we can among the members of the church. Um, If you heard this past Monday's episode, you heard me mention the daily Bible reading program that we're going to be doing as I was introducing our theme for this year. And we're doing our best with that to implement the idea for all the good that it can bring. Because I think that a robust and active daily Bible reading program, as much as it kind of becomes one of those things that seems a little bit rote, it seems a little bit like going through the motions in some congregations, I actually think it's one of the most important and most spiritually helpful activities that I've seen any churches engage in. It seems, and maybe this is just my experience talking, but again, it seems like for most churches, we probably provide something like that each year, and yet, unfortunately, it's often only talked about in January, and then forgotten soon after that until the next January. And so that's why I say it becomes a little bit of going through the motions, like it's almost this obligatory thing that we feel like we should provide, but we don't know, we don't really keep an awareness of of it around enough to know if anybody is really participating in it. Now that said, I have seen a few churches where it actually genuinely infused church life with better knowledge of the Bible and an increased love for the word. And, and, and that makes a huge, huge difference in the life of a church. And that's the kind of thing that I want to talk about here. I want to talk about the system that that I've been blessed to be part of a couple of times and how it's really helped us to to grow in our love for the Word and to make this a really good thing. Um, so what I'm going to do is just kind of outline for you with the, the rest of this episode what I like and what I've seen done and what I think is really helpful about a daily Bible reading system. I want to give credit where it's due for a lot of this, that Mark Roberts, who preaches in Irving, Texas, right between Dallas and Fort Worth, um, he's one of the ones who taught me the most about this way of thinking, and it's his congregation, the Westside Church, that's a model of what I and the elders that I've worked with have attempted to create in other places. So giving the credit for a lot of this to them um, and just expressing here publicly how grateful I am that they taught me this, I want to talk to you about what we do, a little of, of what we've added to what Mark taught me and what their congregation does, um, and just some of the good that can come out of it. So uh, what I think are the the two most key elements for generating engagement in a daily Bible reading program are, number one, attention to it that goes beyond the beginning of the year. So finding some way to keep people's attention on the daily Bible reading program all throughout the year. And I'll talk to you about one of the things that I think is a good way to do that. And then number two, knowing that it will probably be the third year of the church doing it before the system really catches on with the group as a whole. So let me talk about those two key elements, each one for a little bit here. The first one, giving some sort of regular attention to the program. To me, the most important part of that is getting more than just the preacher and more than just the elders to talk about the program in a regular way. Now, We experimented once upon a time with this, and it went so well that we just kept it forever that we found that one of the best ways we could do that in in one of the churches that I worked with was to make our Wednesday night talks centered around the daily Bible reading program. So we dispensed with the idea of calling them invitations, and we started calling them devotions, and we asked the men who gave those talks to be 
focused in some way, even if it was just one little phrase or if they wanted to try and you know summarize the entire week's worth of discussion or of readings in one discussion, we asked them in, do those five to ten minute talks focus on something from the daily Bible reading program? And so that's what they did. And it became this really wonderful, really helpful thing. Um, at first, a lot of those guys thought it was going to be more challenging than just being able to come up with their own material for an invitation. But over time, they found that it was a lot more rewarding because they were getting more used to quality Bible study and, and reading to find something helpful in it. And, um, and so we just found over time that it really became this wonderful addition to the reading program itself because it helped us to see value in it at the midweek point every week throughout the year in us doing that. Um, add to that, I think this is probably something that others have done, and it's because it's very effective, um, is that I think it's wise to do a monthly sermon that is in some way connected to the program. I think that's really healthy. Um, I also think that probably the best practice in that would be to keep the sermon content as close as possible to the reading that it comes from in the reading schedule. I don't think that was the clearest way that I could have said that, but basically what I mean is if you read something last Tuesday, preach on it this coming Sunday. I would, I would try not to separate the passage that's being talked about from the sermon that talks about it by more than one week. Because it just kind of keeps it fresh and it keeps it in front of us and helps it to stay, uh, helps us to realize that it's still an active part of what we're doing. So those are the main things for me is just making sure that the daily Bible reading program stays in front of the church in a regular way and is discussed regularly. The Wednesday night talks are a great opportunity. Maybe you can find some other method within the framework of your congregation that will help with that. And then just somewhat regularly, making sure that a sermon is based on what has been read recently by the church. So that's the main idea number one. Main idea number two is, again, I think it takes about three years, so two years of doing it, and then the third year is when you can expect that this is going to really catch on. Because in the first year, you can expect that there will be several people who will be excited about the program at the beginning, and they'll do well with it, and then they'll drop off probably kind of like they usually do with their own daily Bible reading around the New Year's resolution time, okay? But once they realize about halfway through year two that this thing is not going away and that it's really becoming actively uh, an active part of the church and it's giving us a lot of good things, they're more likely to join in on year three. Even those people who really don't do well, haven't characteristically done well with these kind of habits, they're more likely to get into it once they see that it's going to stick around. Now, one of the other parts of that is that we've never done an effort, and again, I have Mark Roberts to thank for opening my eyes to this way of thinking about things, but we've never done an effort to read through the entirety of the Bible in a year. And this is one of the main things that I learned from Mark, is that there's there's always been in his programming, and there's always been as a result in my programming, a plan that is targeted to a specific genre or a specific author or a specific time period in the Bible. So the plan is always something that we create in-house, and it's always something that targets either a, like I say, either a specific genre in Scripture or a specific time period in biblical history or a specific author whose writings we're going to focus on. So, for example, 
this past year here in Colorado Springs, our theme was Standing in Grace, and that was the title of our Bible reading program as well. And the focus in that Bible reading program was the book of Romans. And so we read through the book of Romans alongside all four Gospels and alongside all the other epistles in the New Testament, but we read the book of Romans itself, I think, five times in the course of the year because we really wanted to let our minds absorb as much of that letter as we possibly could. Another year, in another congregation, I put together a program called Praying with the Grain, and the emphasis there was that we read through the book of Psalms. We read it through twice, alongside all the other biblical poetry, and that one was really wonderful. It was really special, but it was also focused uh, pretty much just on those on that book of the Bible that we talked about and we read from and we pondered the Psalms. Another example was we called it The Power in the Story, and in that one we read through all of the Bible's narratives in chronological order. So we left out the books of the Psalms and the Prophets. We left out a lot of the letters um, and all the, the stuff that came with that. We just read the stories throughout the Bible, and that was a really wonderful thing as well. And so the two key elements, and maybe kind of three now, right, now that I think about what I've just, all I've just said, the, the key elements are, number one, um, just making sure, making sure that we give regular attention to what we're doing in this program. Number two, giving it plenty of time to really take root and grow as a part of church life. And number three, targeting something specific, making sure that there's a focus and a purpose for this entire activity from the day that it's introduced until the day that a sermon closes it all out. And we have found, I've found that that sort of mentality helps this whole thing to become really, to become really a wonderful part of church life. Now, um, a couple of just little things that are, I guess, more mechanical, more systematic elements of that and how we do it, but they're still really helpful. Um, I print a reader's guide in the bulletin each week. Um, in the past, I've also done it where about every four to six weeks I would print one of those, and it would just have the schedule of all the upcoming readings and a few thoughts to give some guidance for what to take out of those readings, what to what to see and notice and really focus on when you're doing that. Um, another one, another crucial piece of the puzzle is that we are continually encouraging the congregations, don't try to catch up if you're behind on these readings. Just start with today or tomorrow and keep up the habit. The, the goal is to build the habit. It's not to read everything that we've gotten done in this year. Obviously, if you build the habit, that will happen. But the goal is not ever to say, hey, everybody needs to catch up. It's October. You're nine months behind, but go ahead and try it. No, we don't want people doing that. That's overwhelming. If it's October and you haven't been doing it, we just want to encourage you, start doing it now. And so every time that I preach from the daily Bible reading or every time I do one of the Wednesday talks, I say that out loud, just reminding people that the habit is the most important thing, not the completed plan for the entire year. And then one more systematic thing about this. I also do a daily text reminder that people can sign up for. You can use remind.com. It's a free service that lets you schedule those text messages ahead. And so my people get a text at 7 o'clock every weekday morning to tell them the passage and sometimes a little one-sentence reminder of at least some of the impact that that passage should have in their lives. So I usually set those up on Thursday or Friday for the upcoming week and then just let them run themselves for the following week. And a lot of people have found that to be really helpful in keeping them engaged. Now, 
You might hear all that system. You might hear all of that talk and you sit there and wonder to yourself, what is the the purpose though? I mean, I've got people, they're good Christians. They're reading their Bibles. They come to class. How could this, how could this add any value to what we do as a church family? And so I just want to tell you some of the things that I've observed and that others have told me that have been benefits of doing this. And so I'll just give you these really quickly and then, and then finish up for today's episode. But For me, the benefits that come to a church family from this effort are, number one, the insights in Bible classes tend to be much more thoughtful and much more biblically informed. Most people who read regularly tend to do a better job of respecting the context of a given passage, and so they're not going to be pulling stuff out of context, making it mean things that it doesn't really mean. They just do a better job in general following the flow of thought and what the Spirit is really trying to communicate. So that's number one. Number two, especially when we read the Psalms, there was a notable change in the depth of the public prayers that were offered in our assemblies. And I heard of prayer gatherings happening in people's homes that hadn't been there before because they just saw the value in understanding. They started to understand on a deeper level, I think, how to talk to God in meaningful ways. And so that was a huge benefit there. Uh, Number three, the benefit here is that there were also a lot more general Bible discussions happening among church members. And what I mean by that is, I think in some churches when, and I've experienced this a lot in my life, when the service is over, that's when Bible talk ends. And so conversations quickly turn to anything other than the things of God. And that's all, that's fine, I guess. But what was really encouraging was when a service was over, we started to hear, and I've, and I'm starting to hear it even now, um, where I'm with the church that I'm currently working with, that the Bible starts to have an impact that goes beyond the confines of an assembly time. And so the conversations start to revolve around scripture in a way that they just hadn't before to where it's now just a normal and wonderful part of our lives. And we start to see the value in it, and we start to even like it that much more in the same kinds of casual but enthusiastic ways that we talk about sports and work and family and movies. We start to talk about the Word of God in that same way because it is now more and more and more a part of our lives. And then the last one is there was also a noticeable change among the church members that they were just generally much more spiritually minded. That just by having a more frequent and more focused exposure to the Word, the spiritual world started to become more and more their real world. And this is not just true of them, as though this is the preacher looking down at the church members. This is true of me. That I started to find that the spiritual world became more the real world for me. And so my relationships, my other part-time job that I work, my words that I speak all start to show that I am now a more spiritually minded person, that I realize that's the world I really live in, and that's the the way that I'm supposed to live is supposed to reflect that more than anything else. And so those are the benefits. And I hope that overall this is the kind of effort that can also prove helpful to you and your church family. Listen, I think it can only be good for a church of Jesus Christ when their people are increasing in their love for God and their love for each other, and all of that is coming through Holy Scripture. So again, I've said it several times here, my many thanks to Mark Roberts for his invaluable insights that kicked this idea off for me and showed me the value of it several years ago. And I'll say this just kind of in in conclusion here in in, uh, closing it out. If you'd like any printed examples of these methods or if you have any questions that you'd like to ask for clarification, feel free to contact me through Instagram or you can find my info on our church website, which is springschurchofchrist.org. 
I want to encourage you to do the Lord's work, and I thank you for listening to Hold Up the Book.